Hey everybody, this is Sam Stoops with my buddy Jason Baldwin here on episode 20 of Rock Kazak Radio. We are pumped to be back. The date is Tuesday, October 2nd, 2018. It is the best week of the year. What week is it, Jay? It's Red Rivalry Week. Red River Rivalry Week. Whatever. Red Rivalry. You can't call it the Red River Shootout anymore. Yeah, what's up with that, man? I don't know. I think it's stupid, but first off, episode 20. Episode 20. That's a I, lot of episodes. I'm surprised we got past five. Yeah, I'm with you. <laughs> I'm with you. There was times where, you know, we, we felt the adversity. We felt like giving up, but, you know, we pushed through. No, not really. It's been a blast doing it. It has. We've had some really cool guests so far. What did we start? In April? Yes, I believe so. No, I think we started March. March, okay. So March. We're going like on seven months. Yeah, seven months. But it's been three weeks since we've been in here. It is OU Texas week. Yeah. Um, it's 2.44 and OU still sucks. Really? Huh. <laughs> I'm not sure about that comment. Hey, I did hear today that Kyler Murray went back to his second currently in the Heisman predictor. Yeah. So, wouldn't that be awesome, back-to-back Heismans, back-to-back playoffs? Right. You would know nothing about the playoffs, but it's okay. <laughs> right now, it's going to be pretty tough to beat Tua from Alabama. You're right. He, he threw eight passes last week for 138 yards. But here's my, here's my theory, and I know Alabama might have the best team they've had yet. But let's say, let's just say they get beat by LSU, and he just sucks, like three picks – 150 yards and then somehow they lose another game picks everywhere i don't know i'm just saying or kyler murray could go out and throw two or three picks to caden stearns and chris boyd this week that ain't happening all right (laughs) but other than it being week um what's been going on with you the past i guess it's been three weeks since we've been on here past three weeks well Kind of, you know, just work has been good. We've been staying busy out at the ranch. Um, all is good. We got some new clients in treatment in the last couple of weeks, and that's always good. Um, doing some homework on the weekends, watching some football, going to some games. Went to Arkansas this last weekend and saw Liz's family. That was fun. Um, it's always good to see them. <coughs> but uh, everything's rock steady. How about you? Man, um Pretty much the same. I haven't been going to any games. Man, I'm still bummed. I got a phone call about an hour ago with uh, some prime tickets for the OU Texas game. and Like 50 or 45 yard line. Yeah. Gosh. Yeah. They were going for about $900 on vivid seats, and I could have got them at face value, but I had to be smart with my money and turn it down. Well, actually, Jake is the one who made the decision, and so I'm just reserving the right to have a resentment towards Jake. <laughs> so, but um, other than that, um, been working. Uh, had the privilege to go and collaborate with Storm and uh, do some videos. Hopefully, they're going to be released here in a couple weeks. Some motivational type stuff for the recovery community. Um, other than that. Looks like we got a couple of new ranch staffers too about to be coming on. Yeah, definitely. That'll be pretty cool. But uh, for sure, getting maybe to hang out, hang we can get some of them up on the podcast. That would be cool. You know what I'm saying They're, that would be cool. Um, introduce them to the to the world. To the world, just let them. Since I think the whole world tunes into this, definitely, definitely, we are listened to worldwide. We have listeners <laughs> in 45 countries. Not really. Not even sure we have <laughs> listens from 45 households. But that's okay. It's not about that. It's about the quality of the listeners. And we have some of the best freaking listeners on the planet. One thing I wanted to say before we start getting into the real nitty-gritty of the episode is I think we need to get a mom or a dad mm-hmm. of somebody who's came through the ranch or maybe not. Maybe they didn't even come through the ranch, but they have a son or a daughter who's in recovery. We'd sure like to get a guest with that perspective on things. Uh, me and Sam being in recovery, 
we like to try to empathize for the family, but we don't know what that's like. Right. So yeah. that would be cool to get a guest on here that could speak from that point of view. For sure. I bet we could get my mom. We might have to do it on like a weekend. That's fine. You know what I'm saying? But we could we could do something. Even if we got her on film, we could do it on film for like 30 minutes. You could take the audio or something, put it on. Well, I mean, if I if I would uh, study up some more, I could get it to where we could have her phone in and we could just do it over the phone. Yes. But, uh, I'm not that uh, smart. You are smart, Jay. But not that smart. But you could be. <laughs> you are. You're a pro. But... Um, Getting to go watch the nephew play some football tonight? Yes. The Moore Wolves? The Wolves. I think. I'm really not sure. Are they the Timberwolves? I don't know. They're blue and gray. That's blue all I know. Blue and gray. They, they, they got some weird jerseys. They call them Little Cat? Is that a big cat? Oh, get it? Ooh. Ooh. Uh, my nephew is the... He's not the smallest, but he's the second smallest on the team. But he's that wasn't little, a small joke. It sounded like it. Well, he's got to be smaller than Carl Anthony Towns. That's what I was referencing. Why? He can't be 10 years old and 7 no, foot? No. no. But anyway. But other than that, work, 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 and football. Boom. But I don't know. Tell me some more, Sam. You didn't give me much of what's going on. Well, I feel like I gave you quite a bit. But no, no life's good. Um, really pumped kind of to get fall rolling you know what i mean some cooler weather it's still 85 degrees i know i know they said next week supposed to be down the 70s the week after that down the 60s so it's coming we got halloween on the horizon uh big shout out to adam tate his lawn looks literally like something out of a horror movie have you seen it yeah he posted on facebook i mean it's got uh spider webs it's got uh headstones got blood how come I don't see his post happy. on Facebook? Well, that's Facebook trying to keep you down, all right? They don't want me and Adam to... I think what it is is you don't like enough of Adam's posts. Oh, that might be true. But but no, for real, it's it's pretty cool looking. I'll have to check it out. Do you get trick-or-treaters here? You don't, you don't <laughs> this know. This will be the first, first Halloween. Do you believe you will get trick-or-treaters here? I very well could be because there's quite a few kids that live in this neighborhood, but... Um, I'm just going to go ahead and tell you, I'm probably going to have my porch light off, and uh, I might set a bowl of candy on the porch. Uh, Well, I mean, this is going to sound bad, but I really don't want to deal with a whole lot of kids, me opening the door, and then them going, what happened? (laughs) What? Wow. I mean, that's bad, but that's I mean, bad. come on, be honest. You well, know that's what's going to happen. I didn't think about it like that. You know, I just don't even think about it like that. But Or I could just put could ketchup all that. over. Yeah, that's all I was going to say. They'd be like, that is the most awesome costume I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> what did you do with your other arm? <laughs> uh, that would be pretty epic. Yeah, I did do that when I was like 12 years old. Uh, wow. I, put, I had a white t-shirt and had it cut up and... Uh, put some ketchup all over the shoulder where I don't have an arm and uh, walked around the block and scared some little kids. Wow. That's uh, pretty twisted. Yeah. I'm, I mean, I wear a shirt that says shoot till your arms fall That's off. True. That's true. No, but I'm, I'm jacked for the holidays. Love the holidays. I, I mean, Halloween, take it or leave it. I really don't oh, yeah. care. I mean, Thanksgiving, Christmas, <coughs> New yeah. Year's. I'm pumped for Thanksgiving. Christmas is cool. Uh, I mean, <laughs> wow. I mean, you just get no love from that side of the table. You know what I'm saying? I'm pumped for Thanksgiving. Christmas, I. I'm just saying, like, you get Thanksgiving and, like, I get super pumped for the football and the eating. Yeah. And then you got Christmas, which is obviously the best holiday when you get down to it for what it stands for. But, um, You've been less than 30 days removed from the big meal and everything, so it kind of loses its oomph for me. Like, yeah, and I got you, like, for sure. Well, I I don't know. I like Christmas. And then and then you got New Year's. New Year's, that just means football. That's all that means. Yeah. Football. I, make no, I ain't making no resolutions. I ain't even worried about staying up till midnight, but I'm going to be watching some football. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Aren't you going on a vacation at Christmas? I am. Before Christmas. Where? When? December 6th, me and Liz are going to Disney World. Uh Uh-oh. Yeah. 
You just won the Super Bowl. What are you going to do? Gonna, I'm actually, the whole trip, I'm going to act like I did win <laughs> some sort of championship. I'm going to keep people on their toes, you know what I'm saying? Act like a big deal, you know? I really think you just need to, like, selfie yourself and say, you know how they always go to the yeah. winning quarterback of the Super Bowl? I could print up some hats that says, like, uh, I don't know, like, uh, Pacific Northwest Ping Pong Champion of 2018. You know, something funny like that. Yeah, I yeah. like it. They'd so, be like, where are you from? Well, I'm from uh, Eugene, Oregon, and uh, I'm really good at ping pong. And Whoa, Bevo. I just kicked Bevo. Bevo. Bevo just wants to be on the podcast. He always gets left out, but he's just chilling. But um, have you ever been to Disney World before? I have, a couple times. I went, let's see, I went when I was pretty young. Well, my mom took us one year when I was like maybe 9 or 10. Then I went again when I was probably... I don't know, 14 or 15, we took Gunner. Do you ride all the rides? Oh, yeah, for sure. Right Definitely. On. But it'll be cool because we're going to hit up uh, Universal <laughs> one day. Liz has never been, right? She's been, yeah, she's been one time. I think she just went to the Magic Kingdom, I think. Right but we're, we're going to be there for four days, so we're hitting all the parks. Um, but it, we're, it's our one-year anniversary. Oh. Yeah, one year. That's kind of crazy. Right on. Well, Sam, do we got a pretty cool show planned? You know, yeah, we do. Of course we do. We don't do anything but bad to the bone shows. You know I'm, I mean? I'm with you. I don't I don't really even know where we're going with all the topics, but we do got a couple of cool topics that we're gonna topics. Yeah. That we're gonna talk about. And Sam's got a five minutes freedom. Yeah. But um we'll see how it goes. So we were sitting there and we were talking about you know, what are we going to talk about today? What should we talk about today? And Jay threw out a topic that I thought would be really cool. So this will actually be separated into... Three parts? Well, Four parts. Four parts. Yeah, I had to do my math in my head yeah. too. But so Jay, tell us the topic today. Well, I decided because we're all... Obviously, Sam and I are in recovery. and Yes, we if, are sober. <laughs> and if you've listened to the show, we, we bring up the steps quite a bit. And what we're talking about and working at the ranch. Uh, we are Christ centered, but we do use the 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous and Narcotics Anonymous as kind of a uh, model for the program. Yeah. Uh, and so I just thought that maybe we should give a little bit more of a dissection of the 12 steps and maybe do it in four parts. I like it. So uh, our first segment today, we'll talk about steps one, two, and three. And kind of see if we can do a decent job of uh, breaking those down to what they mean and how to go about them. Uh, next week, I guess we'll do four and five together. Yeah. And then, no, four, five, and four, five, six, and seven together. And then the following week, do eight and nine. And then 10 and then through 12. 10, 10, 11, and 12 the last week. Because you're such a master editor. Because we're doing steps one through three today, there's a song, and I want to say, I don't know the name of it. It's on Forrest Gump, but it starts out, it goes, one, two, three, bah, one, two, three, bah. You got to find it. You got to put it in. I was thinking of the Jackson 5. Easy as. Yeah, we could do that. I just had it in my head. Right on. Right on. So. All right, so we're going to talk about steps one, two, and three. One, two, and three. So another... Little pop quiz, Sam. Yes. Without looking at your phone. <laughs> what are the first three steps? It's <laughs> cold-blooded. All right, we admitted that we were powerless over our addiction of alcohol or drugs. And hold on. Admitted we were powerless over... We admitted to ourselves... No. Dang, I'm mixing it up. Yeah, bro, what you doing? You put me on the spot, and then... And then I, I can't even get We it. admitted we were powerless over our addiction that our lives become a man's. Yeah. Step two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. And step three... Um, made? Made. <laughs> made our bed. <laughs> We do make our beds daily. Made a that's decision. Step, that's step 17.5. That's the advanced 12 steps. You know? 
made, made a decision, decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood them. Bam. Boom. All right. So, first three steps. I'm going to let you go first because uh, I'm going to kind of just have to wing it off of whatever you say. But uh, do you want to break it down one at a time and just go back and forth? or do you? Wanna- I mean, for me, for me, more of the first three steps – I mean, once I made it to the ranch, I didn't have any problem admitting that, you know, I was powerless over drugs and alcohol and that my life had become a complete wreck and that I had no control over the drinking and the drugging. Um, My life was run by those things, you know, and it was um, something that I didn't know how to get out of. And then steps two and three were all about me finding that connection with God. Um, You know, for me, I grew up. You know, like I said before, I grew up in church and I had an understanding of what God was growing up, you know, in the in the church. But um, to me, I had to really seek out God in a different way, meaning finding God in my own way and finding what I believe to be true about God. Um, and, you know, what I kind of came up with is that God loves me just for, he loves me the same today as he did when I was in the middle of. Of you know sticking needles in my arm i mean it doesn't matter god forgives me every single day because i fall short every day um and there's nothing that i can do to um you know for god not to love me no matter what um and so for me it was just kind of realizing in my own life that god is not this big um judgmental angry wrathful god um, that I was kind of, um, or that I believed to be what he is when I was a kid. Um, you know, some of that stuff I might've played up in my own head, um, going to church as a kid and anyway, but so those are kind of the first three steps just in, in short. Um, but to be honest with you, this time around, the first three steps were some of the easy steps. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, it was just, um, given, you know, given that power over to God, and just accepting that I don't know how to do life. I suck at life, guys. I suck at life. Yeah. So, yeah. So, boom. <laughs> just summed it up right there. We don't even need to go any further. <laughs> For me, the my favorite part of those first three steps is that step one is broken into two parts. Uh, because at age 16, when I first started getting high and getting drunk, like really early on, I knew that once I took a drink or I got high that I was powerless over what was happening after that. Right. But the second part of that first step is that our lives have become unmanageable. It took me the better part of 18 years before I got to that point that I didn't think that I could manage it. Yeah. That because I mean it, it took a what I call a divine intervention, a lot of other people call meth-induced psychosis. Before I got to that point to where I was like, you know what, no matter what I do, I'm either going to end up dead or I'm going to end up in an insane asylum. Yeah. And so uh, a lot, I'm, I'm with you. That first part of that first step, and, and for the most part, the first three steps, when I got to the ranch, um, those were pretty easy for me to grasp and, and kind of latch on to. I will say that the... Uh, the higher power part of step two, I'm a lot like Sam. I grew up in church. I had this perception of what God was. Um, now, granted, my perception then and now are two totally different things. And that's I'm not saying that, that, that God's changed. It's been more about me changing. Um, that I, I do agree with Sam that God's the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. But... Um, what I believed about God or what I felt about God six years ago is not the same as I feel today. And, and so that resentment and that anger that I had, I had for God because I thought or I perceived God was this vengeance, vengeful, angry, uh, waiting for me to mess up. And then on the opposite side, I had God viewed as, Anytime I, I want something, I should be able to say, God, give me this. And, and he's this genie uh, up in the sky that's supposed to grant me my wishes when I want them. Yeah. And so after being introduced to the program and, <clears throat> and learning that these first three steps, just like the rest of the 12 steps, are all about action. 
Yeah. Um, that admittance, uh, that's for a lot of people, that's hard. Uh, I see it today is that's really hard for these young guys that we see come to the ranch. And, and I mean, this may not be a, uh, an approved thing probably to say or whatever, but, uh, I just think a lot of times people haven't, haven't went through the dirt enough to, to admit at that age that, that they're powerless and their lives unmanageable. And so I think it's, it's a lot easier for guys like us. Like you were extremely young, but you had, you had kind of went through the ringer in a pretty quick time frame. Right. Uh, and so I think that you have to kind of go through the dirt and get dirty to it, get to those points where you're willing to admit and uh, those things. And then uh, a lot of people in recovery, they have issues with God. Uh, yeah. A lot of people come into the program and they don't, and I was that guy. I didn't want to have to rely on, on this thing that I had perceived for so long as somebody that had punished me. Um, and so a lot of times people come into recovery. And so when you tell them you got to believe in a higher power, a lot of people shut off and I don't like this term, but a lot of people in AA say, well, believe in the doorknob. Yeah. And I mean, yeah. I don't necessarily believe in that, but I, I believe the principle behind that in saying that just know that you can't do it. You're right. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people say use the group of AA as your higher power until you can find God. Yeah. Uh, and for me, that's kind of what happened. Uh, I used the group that I was in treatment with as my collective higher power, and they in turn started showing me God and. And I was able to start building a real foundation with with God, but um, and then the third step, turning, make that decision to turn that will over. <laughs> That's the hardest thing, in my opinion, for us to do because we have to do these first three steps every day, every day as an alcoholic and addict, and so continuing to live in God's will. That's a conscious decision you have to make. It does. It just doesn't happen like I was saying earlier. That genie in the sky doesn't say, "Okay, you're mine. You're gonna walk perfect for the rest of your life." No, you have to wake up every day and realize that if I'm running the show, uh, I get angry, I get upset, I get jealous, I get envious. All of these things come uh, if I'm not living in God's will. Yeah. And so, making that decision comes with prayer or uh, seeking God in the Bible or church or whatever, but it also comes in serving other people. Uh, if I'm, if I'm just focusing on me, uh, I don't believe that I can find God's will in that. I have to seek to help others to find God's will. So that's what the three step first three steps are to me. Um, I don't know how long that was, but. Oh, I was, you know, I was thinking, I think, uh, when you mentioned the the young cats or the the people who haven't quite been through the dirt enough, I mean that was my problem and treatment previously. Like the first time I ever was introduced to the twelve steps, uh, you know, I admitted that I have a, a problem with methamphetamine or Xanax. Uh, <laughs> I can still smoke weed. You know, that's that's the thing, man. I can still drink beer. I can still smoke weed. Um, it took me getting to the point where I knew that I had no control over beer over liquor over marijuana over xanax over anything like that you know what i mean and until i got to that point then it was really hard for me to um you know admit that i am a drug addict of every kind it doesn't matter well it really doesn't matter the one other thing too because we may ever whoever listens to this may not have a substance abuse problem they might not be addicted to alcohol but you can apply these first three steps to gambling, to sex, to um, shopping, uh, these 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 electronic devices that we hold in our hand twenty four seven. Yeah. Uh, if 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 those are the types of anything outside of you or God that kind of manages your life uh, and causes a discord or whatever any of those things that you can apply these first three steps to yeah uh to because i mean there are many other things outside of the chemicals that i'm uh powerless over right i'm powerless over other people's opinions i'm powerless over um 
I don't know, a lot of things. Yeah, no, I'm with you. Well, and you talked about giving your will over and how that, you know, it's a, my, my, my whole deal is what I struggle with. Well, this is step two and three. Um, when I'm stuck in my head, there, when I'm stuck in my head, it is me not relying on God enough to change my thinking. You know what I mean? It's me being stuck in my own will in my own head. Um, and that's me not giving my will over that's lack of faith. Um, and even if I don't realize it's those things, that's what it is for me. Yeah. Um, and you know, I can give God my disease of addiction. I can give God that stuff, but then I can pick up the ego, the selfishness, the, um, pride, the pride, yeah, whatever. I can pick yeah. it all right back up. It's a matter of right when I realized I picked it back up, casting it back to him. And that's what it's all about. And it's hard to do. Um, uh, but as time goes on, as I stay sober longer, the easier it is for me to recognize. Doesn't mean it's not, you know, hard to um, see those things cra- creeping back up in my life. I still do, but um, I rely on God more today. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I mean, when I when I got sober, it was all right. I need God to fix this one aspect of my life. Right. And as the years have gone on, uh, I realized that, like I said, that applies to so many different areas, not just the keeping me sober yeah well and another reason i thought this would be good to talk about and you i mean i think probably somewhere you thought it too but for people who are listening who did you already say this (laughs) that it applies to anything oh no 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 okay to people who are listening who have heard of course the term 12 steps but they don't know what 12 steps are because a lot of people when i was first in my addiction um i heard a lot of people talk about how the 12 steps is not God, the 12 steps is not spirituality, but it is all God. Yeah. And I never knew that before. And I used that as a crutch for a long time. Yeah. You know? I mean, I, I, I heard uh, a, a guy who had been sober for 50 years or so. Uh, I think he was speaking at Citywide up in Oklahoma City uh, one night. And he said, uh, these 12 steps, they're not about drugs or alcohol. Uh, yeah. he's, he's, I don't, he's like... You the only time you see alcohol or drugs mentioned one time in the twelve steps, he said. But you see God, Him, higher power, yeah, mentioned over and over. And so he said, that's what the twelve steps are. They're a guide to find a relationship with God. Amen. And and that's and then that can be it. But the thing that, in my opinion, that makes AA so awesome is that, or twelve step program so awesome is that. Uh, a lot of us people, uh, we we come into recovery, and we may have grew up in church, and uh, we we don't we don't want people pressing their ideas upon us. Yeah. And the other part of the big book that talks about these are just suggestions. For sure. Uh, so, I love the fact that I'm not walking into this organized group that this is what if you don't believe in this then you can't be a member of our group um early on in my recovery i struggled with the fact that some people would come in and talk about buddhism or yeah hinduism and stuff and it's like man their beliefs should have no impact on my beliefs if i'm grounded in what i believe in then they should be free to believe whatever they want to believe yeah definitely and i think too i mean it's uh, finding yourself a group of people who maybe believe closer aligned that you yeah. know, the same as you do and kind of surround yourself by those people um, and growing towards the same thing together. Yeah. And I, one other thing that I've seen and, and been a part of in AA or in recovery is that a lot of these people that come in with issues with God or Christianity uh, – the 12 steps tend to have a way to bring them back to that. Mm. True. Uh, that a lot of, that a lot of, oh, I don't know what the, uh, new, new Christians or whatever, a lot of them get there through the 12 steps. That's true. Yeah. Definitely. So, all right. So we talked about the first three steps of the 12 steps. Yes, sir. And the next, we're transitioning into another topic, which is, um, probably a little difficult to talk about or hard to talk about. Um, 
obviously a sensitive subject with a lot of people, but um, something that's really common in the recovery or in the addiction community, people that are in their active addiction. Um, it's obviously a mental health issue, but um, suicide. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Um, I've had suicidal thoughts, and I've never acted upon them when I was before I got well. Um, um, I was on some antidepressants for a year or so, but um, thank God that I don't have to take them anymore. But those things are necessary, I do believe, for some people. Yeah. Uh, but the main reason I thought about bringing this topic up is because it was kind of it kind of hit home with me because uh, I have a family member who um, kind of has been having some depression issues and some suicidal things going on, and um, I realize that it's a big issue. We got shows like Thirteen Reasons Why on Netflix and yeah. other things, and um, all the veterans, the the 22 veterans that die a day or something because of suicide. And, um, it's just a, it's a, it's not a good topic, but I think it's one that needs to be talked about more to let people know that might be depressed or, or having these thoughts, or maybe you've acted upon it and, and whatever. Uh, the main reason I want to bring this out is because it's not a weakness or a sign of weakness to reach out and let somebody know that you're having these thoughts or these struggles uh, and that there are hundreds of hundreds of people uh, around you that have been touched by the thoughts of suicide. So there's help everywhere. So um, that's really, I didn't know what all to talk about with it, but uh, my main thing is I wanted people to know that don't be afraid to, uh, talk about it and and let people know that you're hurting. Yeah. Well, I think, um, I mean, it's kind of like addiction. Suicide has impacted, I mean, in some way, probably almost every, every person, even if it's through other people. Um, and it's really sad that, you know, people's lives get to the point where they just feel like they can't go on anymore. And there were times, like you said, in my addiction where, um, you know, I don't think I ever... Um, I didn't make any plans or anything like that, but I just wanted to give up, you know, I just didn't want to face the days anymore. Um, and I didn't know how I was going to keep going. Um, but, uh, you know, suicide is something that, um, you know, it could happen to anybody and it could, it could be going through anybody's mind at any given time. And I think more than anything, um, what we need to do for all people um, and in relationships and, and even just, you know, uh, regular run-ins with people throughout your day is you never know what could be going on with somebody. Um, and one thing that I believe breaks every, um, chain, um, is, you know, the love of God. And I'm not saying you have to walk up to everybody and say, you know, do you know about Jesus? You don't, I mean, of course you can, let's do it. But I think just loving on people, and letting people know, hey, you know, um, we love you and we're here for you and we care for you and we're praying for you. Um, you never know what just caring about someone could do for somebody. Um, and again, on the flip side, you never know what just reaching out and saying I'm struggling can do for you, you know. Um, but suicide is, you know, it's a, a, a heavy subject. It's a tough thing to talk about. I read my wife posted an article on Facebook the other day. Um, and there's so much in church. There's so much, you know, I grew up or I grew up with the church saying that, you know, if you commit suicide, you're going to go to hell. And I read an article the other day that Liz posted and it was talking about how only God truly knows someone's heart Yeah, and how we should not automatically, you know, I mean, we're not the judge of people. Assume. Or yeah. I mean, presume. I a hundred percent agree that there are mental health issues out there that cause people to do crazy things. And, um, God understands that. Yeah. And in the end, God, um, loves that person and can forgive that person. And God is powerful to break all those things. And I'm not saying that, you know, what is right. Cause I don't know, you know, yeah. I don't know the, the, um, the 
answer to those questions, but I do know that God is powerful and God loves us and God takes care of us no matter what. So, um, again, for anybody who is out there struggling um, with thoughts or family members who have gone through it, um, we love you. And, you know, we pray for um, everybody out there who struggles with any sort of uh, mental health issues. So, anyway. Yeah, and one thing that, I mean, I don't think this is talked about enough. And and I guess maybe you feel that way until it, or like you you kind of just sweep it under the rug until it hits close at home. Um, and then it becomes a major issue. And so that's probably what's going on with me. Um, but I mean, it's the, it's the number 10th. I was looking at some statistics. It's the number 10 thing on the whole, what responsible for deaths in America. Really? Like suicide is the 10th most, uh, I don't even know how to say it, but the 10th most deaths occur because of suicide. Yeah. Um, and I think it's, uh, I think somewhere I've seen a statistic that um, a lot of those suicides, there's some other stuff going on, whether it's substance abuse or um, depression or whatever that, um, and I just don't feel like it's talked about enough to where, I mean, it's similar to addiction. Like for so long, there was a huge stigma associated with addiction. Like nobody wanted to talk about it. Nobody wanted to confront it. Um, and then, <laughs> gosh, I hope this doesn't make anybody mad. But I have to say it because it's on my heart. But until addiction started affecting the upper middle class and, and white suburban America, uh, people didn't want to talk about it. Yeah. Uh, but then once it started affecting that, then it became a, a health crisis or an epidemic. Um, and I'm worried that that's kind of what's happening with suicide. Um, when it starts affecting these more prominent uh, socioeconomic communities, then it'll be talked about and tried to dealt with. And a lot of times when we ignore something for so long, it just gets worse and worse and, and you can't, you can't fix it Yeah, or you can't, repair the damage that's been caused definitely uh and so that more than anything that was the purpose of me wanting to talk about this is that i want people to know that um you're not alone if you've had these thoughts yeah Uh, you're not alone if you're thinking about it or you've acted on it um and that uh, i mean you can talk you can call the ranch uh you can call. We have a lot of referrals uh, for people that might have, be struggling with this issue. That um, if you just want somebody to talk to, with yeah. no judgment, there are plenty of people that you can talk to that will listen and try to help you. For sure. So, well, and I'm gonna say a couple facts just for the state of Oklahoma, just to maybe help bring a little bit of awareness. Um, Suicide is the second leading cause of death in the state of Oklahoma for ages 15 through 34. That's crazy. That is nuts. Second, I don't know what's first, but um, one person commits suicide every 11 hours in the state of Oklahoma. Wow. So we encourage you, if you're struggling, call Rob's Ranch. Call There's suicide hotlines out there. If you don't want to call and talk to somebody you know, I mean, I understand that. Call a suicide hotline. Call us at the ranch. Um, no names have to be dropped, anything like that. Just um, reach out to somebody because you are loved and it is not worth it. Yeah. So. Yeah. Even as bad and as much of a, uh, oh, I don't even know the word that I'm looking for. Um, as much of an inconvenience as you might think you are to somebody, uh, Trust me, you're not. Yeah, um, definitely. And and if somebody feels that you are, uh, trust me, there's ten others that don't. So. Yeah. But well, I think um, let's move on a little bit. Yeah. Um, we do this once every podcast, and 
I really don't know how to say it other than five minutes of freedom. I like it. Yes. I like the little segue. Did you, like you, you didn't know what was coming. That was good. So today for five minutes of freedom, we're going to talk about patience and tolerance because I believe, and I think we've mentioned it talking about our main topics a little bit, um, but patience is something that I can really struggle with um, every single day sometimes, it seems like, you know, being... Uh, impatient with other people, being impatient with myself. Um, and it's hard for me to calm down sometimes, just take a breath and realize that I am also not perfect. <laughs> and I probably test people's patience on a daily basis. I'm sorry, Liz. But Patience is big for me today. I really have to stop and pray for patience in my life because I can find myself in a bad way getting stuck up in my head because of some lack of patience. What do you think? I I have no patience and I hate waiting. (laughs) Well, all right. That's one of my favorite lines in a Jay-Z song. (laughs) But, um, yeah, patience is, I, I, I don't know what that is. I want what I want what I want and I want it now. Um, tolerance has been something that, uh, as as a whole, I feel like I'm a lot better than I was. Yeah. A year ago, two years ago, you six are. years no, ago. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, um, gosh, I I think that's a inherited character trait. Yeah. Because I. I hope my dad's not listening. <laughs> but my dad is impatient uh, and intolerant. And, and I'm, as a lot of people say, I'm a lot like my dad. Uh, I didn't like to admit that five or six years ago, but uh, I see it now. Um, and so I don't, it's like all them character traits or character defects. Um, I think you got to take them. Piecemeal. Yeah. Uh, I'm not gonna wake up tomorrow if I really pray tonight, and and I'm gonna be the most patient person right. in the world. Yeah. Uh, and and the only way I know how to develop patience and tolerance is two ways. Well, three ways uh, by letting God help me with that. But two, always remembering where I was Mm because a lot of times my impatience and intolerance comes with uh, working at the ranch comes with guys that are in treatment and yeah uh, and I got to remember that a lot of times I mean I don't know our average age is somewhere around 30 years old and uh, these guys are less than 90 days off of drugs and alcohol yeah they're they're sick they're sick people uh, and I got to remember that I was that person. Yeah. And so that's one other way that I can kind of learn patience. And, and the third way is that um, I got to have empathy. Uh, I got to know what that – or I have to be able to know that I, I don't know what Sam's going through. There might be something going on in Sam's life that uh, I have no clue about. That could be causing him to be the way he is, and or if he's being uh, some way. Uh, uh, have I done something to you? <laughs> no. I'm being I'm being patient right now. So, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, understanding. Okay. Uh, yeah. Trying to understand that uh, what I see is not always what's truly being happening. Right. And. Uh, I don't know. I, tolerance. I think it's a two-edge, two, two. I don't know that word. Two-way street, I guess. <laughs> uh, that there are some things I'm tolerant of, yeah. but I think being a a somebody who stands his ground and is not going to take somebody mistreating me or whatever. Uh, I don't think we, and I know that that's not what we're talking about, but uh, I think you have to find out where God lines you out. Like, I'm not going to tolerate this kind of behavior from somebody towards me. 
but I do have to be tolerant of people in general and uh, not be an asshole yeah. towards them. I got you. But, uh, tolerance is not as hard for me as patience. Yeah. But I got two final thoughts on patience. One. Guns N' Roses. Favorite Guns N' Roses song <laughs> of all time. Yes. yes. Second, next to prayer, gratitude is the best thing to keep me patient. Yeah. If I'm grateful, if I'm floating on gratitude, it's pretty easy Ooh, for me to just... That's a good name of a song. You know what I'm saying? Just floating on gratitude. Floating on gratitude <laughs> gets me in a better attitude and i'm really grateful today for all the things that i could say all right sam busting a little freestyle yes but no for real though if i'm grateful if i'm thinking about all the things i'm grateful for and thanking god for all those things then it's a lot easier for me to be patient i'm not cussing at the driver in front of me because they're going the speed why you gotta bring that up because i am i'm the angriest driver there is you're one of those drivers i'm wanting to cuss at you know what I mean? Cut me off, bro. I, I, yeah, I need both of those on the streets. I need patience and tolerance. I'm with you. But what does that conclude, Sam? Five minutes of freedom. And we're back. And... Here we are. We got a rumbling, tumbling game. The anyway, sports time. Sports games. So, sports. I'm loving sports right now. I had a heartbreak last night. Monday night football. My Broncos made a good effort, but hey, we didn't pull I'm, it through. I'm just gonna say you brought it up. I did I, bring it up. I was. I've been. I was gonna not bring it up again, but. Let's talk about Patrick Mahomes. I don't really want to talk about him. He's pretty good, but I don't like him. <laughs> I don't like him at all. All right. I know you don't like him. Yeah. And I've already made you dislike him even more by calling him the Steph Curry of football. That's an accurate statement. I don't like him even more. But not only does (laughs) – have you seen the meme? What meme? (laughs) You know, a few years ago when the Warriors won their first title and Steph Curry has Riley, his daughter, with him at the press Mm -hmm. conference. Well, there's a meme – and it, my homes is the baby. It says, it says, who knew Riley Curry grew up so fast? Wow. Because <laughs> he does look, with his hair, he looks just like Steph Curry's daughter. Wow. <laughs> but um, I'm going to say it. I think he's already a top three or four quarterback in the league. I don't know. I don't know. Here's the deal. Everybody and – Granted, I'm a Broncos fan, so it's hard for me to say anything positive about the Chiefs. Okay. Everybody was freaking out about Deshaun Watson last year before he tore his ACL. And Deshaun Watson has looked average this season. But see, here's the thing. I agree with you. Most people were freaking out about Deshaun Watson. But the one thing that I seen from the few that weren't going nuts over him you know who had the worst completion percentage in the whole NFL last year? Deshaun Watson. Well, my whole thing is, and I'll give you this. Last night was the first time I seen Mahomes face adversity, and he made some awesome plays, played with guts. He played pretty smart, no turnovers. Um, if you haven't seen I'll the left-handed throw, I'll give him that. he's a right-handed quarterback. If you haven't seen the left-handed throw he made, go look it up. I just have a feeling, and this is honestly a compliment to Mahomes, but I'm not going to like that guy for a long time. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Anyway. but NFL, I don't think the Chiefs can win the Super Bowl this year. No. Their defense is terrible. Horrible. Yeah. Absolutely horrible. Uh, Which have, makes me even more frustrated that we couldn't win. They have Justin Houston, and that's about it on defense. Yeah. Well, they're missing – Eric Berry. Yeah. They, I do like Eric Berry. Did you see that they were really close to trading for Earl Thomas before he mm. broke his leg? How about that? That's a sad deal. Yeah. Um, that's why I always tell people that I side with the players uh, in the NFL when it comes to contracts and stuff is because uh, somebody who's been, if not the best, one of the top three or four safeties in the NFL for the past seven or eight years um, – and now he breaks his leg in the final 
year of his contract and the team can say see ya yeah and yeah uh i i just don't i would side with the owners and more if they had guaranteed contracts well here's the deal i respect him for going out there and playing this year and yeah. kind of putting things on the line i i'm not saying what Le'Veon bell is doing is wrong i'm not saying that it's wrong it's his right but I would have liked him, him to at least show up week one, okay. willing to play. So what happens if Le'Veon? I know it's he's the same. probably going to come back in yeah. week seven. Yeah, because if he doesn't come by back by week seven, he loses his whole year's salary. Yeah. So if he comes back week seven, and he goes out there, and who knows what kind of shape he's in, he goes out there and blows his knee up. Yeah. Um, no, I understand. I mean, it's a. Kind of like you said earlier, it's a two-edged. Uh, <laughs> I don't. I was trying to say some two-edged sword. Yeah, double-edged sword. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Yes, edged. But, I said edged. I don't know. I. It's a tough situation to be in, but I also see the side that like. Don't get me wrong. These players deserve to get paid, but they are getting paid bukus and bukus of money. Yes, it's for their body to be put on the line every single week. But out of all the sports, Le'Veon Bell is making a fair amount of money just yeah. under um, the franchise tag. Yeah, I mean, no, without a doubt. Uh, out of all the sports, though, I'm more okay with the high salaries for football than I am for baseball and basketball. I mean, baseball players are paid outrageous. Yeah, like compared to any other sport yeah. except for soccer. Yeah, like. I'm with you on that. These baseball that players, no contact sport. Yeah, no contact. And so, I don't know. I, I don't know either. But more than anything, I like to see guys be team players and play for championships. And in my mind, if I'm a general manager and I see Le'Veon Bell, yes, I still want Le'Veon Bell. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> but who's to say on year three of this contract that we're getting ready to sign him to? He's not going to do the same crap. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's kind of a little bit scary. Like, I would much rather sign um, Todd Gurley, who's out there playing, busting his butt. You know what I mean? I'm just saying, like, I think Le'Veon, in my mind, has left a bad impression on some people. Yeah. And, Uh, I mean, mean, I'm I'm not saying what he's doing wrong. but No, I, I get it. I get both sides of it. I think there's a... There's a win-win situation, and that's for the 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 general managers, the owners, or whatever to agree to like partially guaranteed contracts. Yeah. Because nowadays, I mean, you can sign a player to a contract, a four-year contract, for however much money. They stink it up for one year, and they can cut them and don't have to pay them any more yeah. of that money. Yeah. So maybe like make it a fifty percent guaranteed. Yeah, cut. I they mean, deserve that. Yeah, I mean, I think Aaron Rodgers. I mean, with his contract, he's kind of that's the first guaranteed contract in the NFL for that kind of money ever. Yeah, and so I mean, he's guaranteed one hundred and thirty something million yeah. dollars over the next six years. I think. I don't know why this even popped in my head, but I look at a guy and like, um, and I realize he has been a pretty poor pro quarterback but sam, sam Bradford, Bradford, for example he's made more money than any quarterback in the past 10 years yeah except for aaron Rodgers. yeah and <laughs> don't get me wrong i'm a homer i'm a sooners fan therefore i've always loved sam bradford dude has had bad luck injury wise yeah you know what i mean and but he signed but he, good contracts he signs good contracts <laughs> and he still gets out there yeah. and he plays yeah you know what i mean and yeah. Granted, quarterback's a different position than running back. You know yeah. what I mean? The lives of quarterbacks probably are a little bit longer if you well, I mean, the, you average, the arm strength and accuracy is Bradford. You know what I mean? Yeah, the average running back career span is three and a half to four years. Yeah, which is crazy. Yeah. But I don't know. I just look at, um, look at different situations, and it makes you think about it in different ways. But more than anything, for the game of football, you'd like to see Le'Veon Bell on the, on the field. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, I'd like to see him in a Broncos jersey. <laughs> What if the Patriots trade for him? Oh, gosh. I've... 
That grosses me out. Yeah. I don't really like Le'Veon that much. I mean, he's a good back, but I'm not a Steelers guy by any means. But. All right. So, a, a little over a quarter of the way through the NFL season. Yes. Who are your picks for the Super Bowl now? As of today. As of today. Okay. Um, in the NFC, I got the Los Angeles Rams. In the AFC, that's a little bit harder. It really is. It's a tough one. Um, okay, I'll go out there. I'll throw the Chiefs out there. Oh! I'll throw the Chiefs out there, but they're oh. not winning the Super Bowl. Jared Goff and Todd Gurley are winning the Super Bowl. Those are the only two undefeated teams left. Actually, okay, I'll stick with the Chiefs, but the AFC Championship game should be the Jaguars versus the Chiefs. Okay. I think the Jags, they play on Sunday. This coming Chiefs, Sunday? Jaguars. Wow. That's great offense versus a great defense. Yeah, that'll be interesting. Yeah. Um, mine, I'd love to say, are staying the same. Jimmy G got hurt, so yeah, your 49ers. <laughs> um, so I'm still sticking. That with was a horrible pick. They weren't making the Super Bowl even if Jimmy G hey, made it through hey, the whole year. You don't know they uh, they weren't even looking like a playoff team. Come on bro. now, um, I'm sticking with the Patriots in the AFC. I just think yeah, they'll get up. Yeah, I mean, I think just the addition of Josh Gordon uh, helps Brady out. Whether he gets Five or he more. got two balls last week, right? Both his targets, he caught yeah. them. Um, Thinking a breakout week this week. He's questionable. Well, he's been questionable. Yeah, I know. Every week, he's always questionable. It's Josh Gordon. You know what I mean? <laughs> he's questionable because he, he might, might be not hurt. be high. He might be smoking weed. I mean, you just never know with that guy. And in the NFC, gosh, see, the NFC is harder for me than the AFC. I'm just right now. I'm on the Rams bandwagon. I mean, their offense looks dominant. And don't get me wrong. Who have they played though? Well, they've played the Chargers. They've played the Vikings. Vikings defense pretty good. They played someone else too. I can't remember who they played. Well, of course the Raiders. Yeah, they they played the Raiders. Yeah, week one. Yeah, I think it was week one. Okay. Um. Yeah, it was Monday Night Football. I remember that. Yeah. Um, oh, my gosh. It shouldn't be that hard, Jay. It's either going to be the Rams or the Packers, right? I mean, I think the NFC South is pretty good, but they're all just decent. I'm going to go with the Saints. The Saints? Okay. I think Alvin Kamara is the MVP. Alvin Kamara, the MVP. Yeah. Uh, we'll see, I guess. He's lighting it up. Yeah. But here's the deal. I'm just surprised you didn't pick the Cowboys. I want to. <laughs> How about them Cowboys? They look Super Bowl ready. They look Super Bowl ready. Let me I, I think if we beat the Eagles one out of two games, uh, we'll win the NFC East. Yeah, NFC East isn't as good as everyone thought they would be. No, agreed. You know what I mean? They uh, all expect Eli, the Eli Manning looks like he's ready to die. Yeah. I kind of think the Eagles might be a little bit like the Patriots, though, in the sense of think by like week ten they'll be pretty hot. I just don't. I mean, I think Carson Wentz. Their is defense a, isn't as good. No, I think but, that they just got really, really hot last year. Yeah, but that's full. I mean, that's yeah. You know what I mean? Look at all those Super Bowl winners, other than the Patriots. But I don't know. Okay, so the real question is, what's the prediction for this weekend? We got the biggest game of the year. OU Texas, down Hook in the Cotton Bowl. Hook em. Dallas, Texas. Hook em. Half orange, half crimson. I am. I mean, if I was going to Vegas and I was betting, I'm definitely taking the eight points. Um, my heart says 27-21, 27-24, something like that. I know you win. No, right? Texas uh, wins. Okay. Uh, my head says something like 35-31. Who? OU. I mean, OU should win. Okay. All right. uh, but, and then I, I, I believe this with heart and head, if 
if we go out there, if y'all get the ball first, we stop y'all and score. Or if we get the ball and go down the field and score, uh, I think that first possession, our first offensive possession, if we score a touchdown, um, if we go up 7-0, I think you are in trouble. Okay. I see it like this. I see it is. I think the, this is a combination of head and heart. I believe it will be like a 31-27 game. Um, I believe – Y'all will be able to pass the ball. And I believe we will – Kyler Murray's just going to pretty much ball out. Um, I am, by saying that, I don't think we'll be able to run Sermon very much, very successfully. Um, I think Kyler will be our leading rusher. But I think we win 31-27. Um, but I do think – I mean, I think it's tied at halftime or close to it, tied at the end of the third or close to it. And then it just—I think it's going to be a good game. I do. If if Kyler Murray has a hundred yards rushing, y'all win. Okay. Um, I don't see that happening. All right. We haven't allowed a hundred yard rusher yet this year. Um, I don't think we've allowed a hundred yards rushing. But you haven't faced any running quarterbacks. Yeah, we did last week. Kansas State. Okay, State. Okay, okay. Um, he ain't as quick as Kyler. We no, he's not. Not saying he is. Kyler's fast. He is. He's real fast. He's quick. Yeah, he's quick, but he's fast, too. I don't think he's that fast. I mean, I may be wrong, but I want to say last year they said Kyler was the fastest player on our team. And that includes Hollywood. Yeah, I'm not buying it. We'll see. Um, see. But I just think our run defense and our run schemes defensively. And Caden Stearns, our freshman safety – is what I think is going to happen is they're going to spy him on Kyler. Kyler. And if he hits Kyler once good, it's going to be a whole different ball game. Well, he better hit him behind the line of scrimmage because Kyler slides. Like, that dude – and yeah. he's smart to do so. But he, that dude, he gets he gets first down, he's sliding unless yeah. he sees the end zone. Yeah. No, I'm with you. He's uh, smart. He's a smart quarterback. I just – I don't – granted, he's – He's probably the most elusive quarterback in college football right now, but y'all have and and I might and I'm I am biased, but I don't think y'all have played a defense anywhere near the quality of our ours. I agree hundred percent. I believe Iowa State's probably the best defense we faced, which I believe Iowa State has a top five defense in Big Twelve. Um, but I think I, we have a top five defense in the country. I think y'all have the best defense in definitely in the conference, but. Um, anyway, I don't know. I'm re- I'm ready to watch the game. To be honest with you, I'm I ready. am too. I'm ready to get it going. I'm and yeah. if we lose, I will tell you a good game. I'll be pissed, but I'll tell you a good game. Right on. That's what getting sober will do to you. Yeah. Right. I don't. It's hard for me to I don't, see. I still. I'm not as grown up as you, but <laughs> whatever. I guess that concludes. The sports talk session. Yes, it does. I think it was a pretty good episode. Yeah, I um, always enjoyed doing it, man. Yep, and again, uh, if you have any concerns, if you're dealing with anything, if you have questions, uh, need some help finding some help, uh, please call Rob's Ranch, 405-253-3838. Uh, we'd love to help you in any way possible. Um, but anything you want to say, Sam, before we close it out? No, I don't think so. Well, you know what to do. I, actually, I'm going to say one thing. Okay. Big shout out to you, Jay, for always editing um, and all the stuff you're doing electronically through social media, <laughs> making videos, doing the podcast. You're really good at what you do, bro, and I appreciate you. I appreciate you, man. Love you. Love you, too. All right. Dear Lord, we just come to you today, God, and we just thank you, Lord, again for this opportunity to do this podcast. Uh, Lord, we, th- we just ask that you just work through us, work through it. God, we pray for all the people who are struggling out there with any sort of addiction, mental health, um, suicidal thoughts. God, we just ask that you just shower your love and grace on them, Lord. Just help them feel your love, God. We just thank you so much for 
um, our lives. We thank you for recovery. We thank you for Rob's Ranch and the people of Rob's Ranch, Lord. We just give it all to you. We thank you for your love and grace and mercy. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Rock Kazak. Rock Kazak. Found leaves the 99 I couldn't